Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and today once again for the first part of 2023 I'm joined by Kanita. And before we get into the game that we are going to discuss before we break down stuff uh, as usual, I just would like to wish everyone a very happy new year. I hope everyone had a great time uh wherever they were whatever they were doing and I hope uh this new year brings everything good for everyone listening to the podcast and to their close ones as well so yeah before we get into the game uh how you're doing kanita oh hello and uh, happy new year from me as well um and i also wish everything that yash was already but i also wish us um a good year with you know madrid related stuff and not many um you know moments where we lose our minds uh so yeah uh when it comes to this team we've started off well so um now i'm feeling pretty good and you know football is back so very happy okay so today it's a bit uh, this podcast is coming out a little late uh, due to some circumstances but today we will be breaking down real madrid's game against madrid cff a madrid derby again to start the year and games against madrid cff have been how do you say it like they have been fun but they are always a bit frustrating as well because madrid cff has been a team that has that sort of i don't know how you call it but they have that sort of samba vibes about them earlier like previous season they had jaise in the team uh, incredible player massive threat in transition this season things have changed jaise has gone to uh, barcelona uh, and they have got a new manager maria pri is is here and her impact has been visible with the way Madrid CFF play this season they started off the season really well uh, but have uh, since then uh, stagnated a bit to say like plateaued a bit would be a better word they have uh, come to come back to their normal uh, performances uh, they were overperforming a bit earlier in the season but there are some very solid foundations upon which this team is built so going into the game it was always going to be a tricky one and given how levante are performing at the moment given how atletico madrid ha- has the talent in their ranks uh, we cannot afford many slip ups uh, going into uh, the champions league places so winning this game was uh, very important for for us so it it was a game with with high stakes i would say and to start off the year with a madrid derby it's, it was always going to be tricky after the break so if you're listening to this podcast you probably already know the result we came away with a 4-0 win but the scoreline flatters the performance i would say as has usually been the case this season and it continued uh, in this game too it was a smash and grab performance i would say we took our chances we did not create much madrid cff did trouble us and we'll get into that but before we get into that let's uh, go quickly through the lineups so we lined up in a 4231 typical but the selection choices were a bit different from what you would normally expect or 
I don't know, like expectations with this team in terms of lineups is, is always a bit tricky because when you expect something to happen, the selection choices never really agree with you. But yeah, so uh, going through the lineup, it was Misa in goal. Kenti, Souza, Rocio and Savava as the back four. Maite and Zornosa in the double pivot. Feller, Weir and Athenia as the three behind Esther. So looking at the lineup first of all, I think the main areas where one can potentially have a differing opinion would be the midfield, the double pivot probably, and the fullback positions. I think apart from that, largely the team picks itself up and we have come to know that the centre-back pairing of Rocio and Sousa is the one that is preferred uh, by Toril. So there's no point in consistently going over what is the best posi- what, what is the best combination of centre-backs that we have. It, it seems like Toril has decided this is the best one. So in terms of other positions, I think when I saw the double pivot of Maite and Zornosa, my initial impression was okay, this double pivot is going to struggle in controlling the game. And given we were playing a team that is heavily dependent on their transition situation, they are a team that like to play on transition. They are a team that maximize their transition uh, moments, both in offense and in defense. I felt we will struggle in controlling the game. Apart from that, We have spoken about this before. Kenty's performances this season haven't been like really good. And there seems there seems to be a need for the transition to happen sooner rather than later. And we have a player in the ranks that should be playing slightly more minutes uh, in Lucia. So it was a bit a bit disappointing to see like Lucia not starting but apart from that uh, I I have no problems with Savava or Olga whoever starts at left back it's all about how we use them yes Olga looks a lot more comfortable playing in the normal back four sort of uh, left back position but uh, Savava adds value too with if if used correctly and if provided the right platform for her to uh, get in behind and cross the ball and we have spoken about this a lot of times apart from that no real complaints about the lineup I would say I'll pass it on to you and I'll take your thoughts on what did you make of the lineup when it first came out and what were your thoughts about uh, going into the game and how it would pan out Um. yeah I mean well those are pretty much my thoughts as well like um seems like Lucia kind of disappeared um not not you know uh gameplay wise I just mean that she just stopped playing um which was weird to me honestly um I mean I think Kenty has played like last few games I don't know like two or three um in the league which is really odd because uh, Lucia is usually the one who plays uh, and starts in the league. And uh, Kenti actually has, I think, three or four starts in the league anyway. 
she played uh, the Champions League like in full, but uh, the league no. So that was um very odd transition that happened around the holidays, I guess. And yeah, the the midfield was looking a bit sketchy. Maybe he didn't know what to do or something. I don't know. Uh, Toletti was missing, by the way, from the squad. Uh, we don't know why. Um, but he's the only one apart from Lorena and Corredera that usually aren't in the squad uh, that was missing. So yeah, but yeah, the the lineup was pretty standard. I mean, I didn't expect any other formation against Madrid CFF as, uh, anyway because we knew this was um, this was a physically strong team, right? And you know we have to have this like backbone of. Uh, the four in the back and our four two three one uh formation works the best in that case, so yeah, and I was also a bit surprised because, I mean, we were all pretty sure that well against Lasnia was another, you know, thing we could discuss that it was a pretty chill game. It wasn't being played for anything. Um, so. Uh, because instead was bench the whole game, maybe people thought that might like Cardi might start the first game. I don't know, but uh, that's a usual topic. So anyway, um, and that yeah, that's pretty much it. I didn't really have many more um complaints about the lineup or like any specific. Uh, feelings about it, like what will it reflect, but it's really interesting what you said about the double pivot because initially I did not have that um, feeling, so yeah. Okay, so that was about the lineup. Madrid CFF, as we as we know, they have been playing a back three system this this season. They play in a 3-1-4-2 or 3-4-1-2 or a 3-5-2, however you want to call it. They utilize a sort of direct play. Uh, as, as I mentioned, they like to maximize their transition. They create turnovers and then they immediately try to bounce up, uh, bounce up the pitch and reach the final third as quickly as possible by using a either the direct ball in behind for, their, for the two runners up front or utilize small combination play in the wide areas to quickly release and we know back three uh, formation provides a platform to do to be able to do that so they they that is the way they like to play and they have a lot of pace up front with rachel kundananji and uh, gabi nunez both having pace enough to burn the defenders and as i mentioned about their their direct play their direct speed up field of 1.71 uh, meter per second is is one of the highest in the leagues i think it's it's in the top 5 because they always they are always looking for the quickest way possible into the final third and that is why the double pivot initially of maite and zornosa seemed like it will be a bit of trouble for for us and we'll get into that how how it all panned out so getting into the game we had a we had a blistering start let's just put it that way i feel esther scored inside 30 seconds of the game starting 
and we have spoken about this before whenever we score early the game just completely changes now how it how it did in this game and how it impacted the things uh, moving forward we'll get into that but let's first talk about the goal so the goal comes from uh, like esther scored the goal we have already spoken about that but it comes from the left hand side with sawava running onto uh, a ball in behind uh, their right center back komiti makes a mistake she doesn't clear the ball sawava latches onto it puts in a cross it's atenea at the far post i think she takes a shot doesn't manage to uh, hit it completely and it's blocked a bit it loops over for esther esther takes a headed attempt towards goal the goalkeeper ulova manages to parry it out just enough for esther to take another headed attempt and this time it goes in so inside 30 seconds real madrid are already 1-0 up and game state impacts proceedings like that is that is a thing in football game state impacts the way teams approach games the game state impacts the team attacking team approaches uh, any game so obviously this was going to have an impact about how real madrid played moving forwards and how madrid cff uh, played moving forward because this was a spanner in the works for madrid cff they obviously did not expect to concede within 30 seconds of the game starting so obviously this was going to have an impact the goal was down to i would say uh, a mistake at the back and that mistake that particular end of madrid cff's defense the right sided part it constantly caused problems i feel like we will get into that will when we discuss the fourth goal as well Komiti made a lot of mistakes throughout the game in terms of her stepping up and in terms of how she uh, closed down space on that side and that resulted in a couple of opportunities for us but yeah without getting carried away further I'll hand it over to you Kanita and I'll take your thoughts about what you how did you feel about the start of the game and what did you make of the goal yeah okay so i mean i first have to add that Tanea taking a shot is a bit um you know a bit of a stretch to say because it was like kind of bounced off her like bounced off her back i feel and um yeah it's not really a shot <laughs> she just didn't get it um but yeah i mean we scored in like 32 33 seconds and i was like oh cool um that's that i guess because um I'm pretty sure we haven't lost a game where we um scored first. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't remember the season. So, uh this is a good stat and a bit relaxing. So, I mean, uh it doesn't have to be, you know. Uh but I was definitely relaxed because I mean, after 30 seconds, uh we are in the lead and the opponents are clearly very frustrated you know who wouldn't be <laughs> but good for us so a great start i think the year could not have uh, started any better yeah so it was it was a dream start 2023 30 seconds into our first game and we score a goal not the prettiest goal by any stretch of the uh, any stretch of the imagination but a goal nonetheless so we'll take that 1-0 up against a team that has the potential to hurt us as well 
now moving forwards all the things that happened after this goal i think you can boil it down to a couple of things like we scored early so we were a bit we got a bit complacent like that is the general trend that is in football because whenever a team scores the first goal it's not likely that it's it's more likely that the team will then sit off a bit and try to protect the lead, lead instead of trying to increase that that is the general trend in football and has been for for a for a while so that played a little part and the team trailing will obviously try to push forwards more and try to create more and madrid cff had enough tools to hurt us as well so between this point and i think the 20 25 minute mark madrid cff came at us and we got to see what the threat in behind meant with kundananji and gabi nunez up front let's just let me just say this like kundananji could have had a hat trick for herself in this game she was so threatening she absolutely she absolutely cooked our back line with the runs she was making with the way she was twisting and turning to generate space and by extension generate shots for herself the way she was able to burn our defenders for pace and the way she was relentless in doing that throughout the 90 minutes despite the scoreline being whatever it was just a phenomenal performance from her despite ending up not having scored a single goal and the team losing four goals to nil i think rachel kundananji did make a mark and she has been doing that throughout this season she has scored multiple goals and is one of the major threats that madrid cff has is a key player for them in terms of her usage rate as well she's always there she's always providing that threat in behind and between our goal and the 20th minute mark like i said there were multiple of these opportunities that she was able to generate just because of her timing of the run just because how she understands the spaces how she understands where uh, how to attack the channel and how to time those uh, runs into the channels and her pace like it's it was simply it felt scary to watch like obviously i i remember in i think it was uh, i think it was in the uh, i can uh, i think it was in the initial minutes as uh, in the 20 something minute there's a long ball played from behind by madrid cff and kundananji is on to it it's going towards uh, savava's side and she runs on to it she's uh, on the right hand side she runs on to it and manages to almost reach the ball before savava could like that is how quick she is she absolutely burned us like immediately after we scored after the restart there was a there was an opportunity with her running in behind then inside 10 minutes she had made those runs like two or three times already she got caught offside yes but that happens when you are literally a a human sonic hedgehog uh, i i don't know like when you're so quick to get off your feet it's it's difficult to uh, 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 hold the lines all the time so 
we'll we'll talk about kundan hanji at the end of the pod but this game was basically kundan hanji doing her things and us just trying to cope with that pace and transition because as i mentioned earlier as well this this has a part to play that maite and zornosa double pivot weren't able to deal with that uh, either because neither of them are quick neither like maite is decent but zornosa is not uh, in in defensive transition and maite is just serviceable in in that aspect as well we needed somebody like tere or uh, or toletti to be uh, available for us in that in that uh, situations to help us defend these sort of uh, attacking transitions for madrid cff but alas they weren't there then one of the major chances that they had came in the 19th minute i think when kundananji again manages to get a shot through a crowd of players inside the box after a corner it was uh, poorly cleared and she managed to get a shot and but misa was quick to deny that like she went down pretty quickly and managed to parry it away in the 23rd minute they have a free kick on the right hand side kometi steps up to take it brilliant free kick hits the crossbar misa manages to get a touch on it i think and that tips it onto the crossbar otherwise that's traveling in i, I think that was a brilliantly taken free kick by kometi so in this initial like from the moment we scored which was inside 30 seconds so from minute 1 to like i would say minute 25 minute 30 or even you can stretch it for the entire half madrid cff did threaten a lot like they were consistently trying not just trying but succeeding in getting in behind yes the timings were off a bit but that is understandable because of the consistency with which they were able to get in behind and they this is the way they play this is not something they tried in one game this is the way they have been playing throughout the season so i think setting up against that a it's difficult because the way they play with their back three and the way they enable this sort of uh, wide combination and having these sort of managing to generate turnovers and utilizing their ability to find players in behind is just really really good and we didn't set up as well plus with the game state they wanted to get a goal uh, in before the half time so they were pushing uh, extra hard and we could not control the game after taking the lead or at any point in this whole game i i would say we we failed to struggle Uh, we struggled to uh, control the game at all so i'll hand it over to you and i'll take your thoughts on the initial 30 minutes i would say what were your thoughts after we scored and how we responded to being in lead and how much did cff uh, posed a threat uh, on transition and with the runs in behind of rachel kundananji and anything else that you have in the opening 30 minutes Um yeah the I mean <laughs> struggling to control is definitely the way to say it I mean um I, mean, I think towards the end of the first half I saw that uh our possession was like 51 versus 49 for them and uh I mean just looking 
at that without even seeing the game you could uh, see that um, we definitely struggled because when we uh, struggle with possession like against teams um, inside the league it's usually like this that we don't know um yeah the i mean <laughs> struggling to control is definitely the way to say it i mean um i think towards the end of the first half i saw that uh our possession was like 51 versus 49 for them and uh, i mean just looking at that without even seeing the game you could uh, see that um we definitely struggled because when we uh struggle with possession like against teams um inside the league it's usually like this that we don't know um how to control it to get uh get the ball in our possession and i mean yeah it, it was really messy this whole time like it, the the first 30 minutes that we were um talking about here but i mean it was basically the whole game we did have uh kind of few shots kind of <laughs> not really dangerous ones i mean it uh at minute 12 uh fella gets into the box um and shoots but it's not a good shot i mean she hits outside the net and um yeah it was weird shot as well maybe in panic or something and in nineteen, um, Lauren uh, also made a great tackle just before Weir would shoot. I mean, yeah, it's their defenders like, uh, their center backs would come at, uh, come in at really uh, random times, like at uh, the last second to tackle, and uh, that's what that's something I noticed throughout the game from uh, Madrid CFF, like uh they have those defenders really fast with tackles and i think i um mentioned it before that our only defender slash the only center back that can do it is ivana because she's the only um she's the only one that can make those uh last second tackles anyway so um but she didn't play uh the first half so yeah uh and there were some points where Madrid CFF would be attacking for a few minutes, an hour and a half, like we wouldn't even cross uh, to theirs. And yeah, it was annoying. <laughs> um, Misa did have a few saves, like uh, the one where she got out of the box uh, to face Kundananji, which was pretty funny. It was minute, um, well, it was exactly 15 uh Fifteen zero zero, so you can check it out. But basically, she went out and uh, couldn't. The Nanji was almost at the ball, uh, so Misa shot it and then hit the Nanji, uh, and uh, that bounced off to the throw-in for us. So yeah, it was pretty funny to see, honestly. And that save, uh, just yeah, as you said, just below the crossbar, uh, that Misa had was uh, pretty phenomenal. I mean, we also saw something that's pretty common from Matanea, I would say, inside these minutes, like in 26 minutes, uh, I, I saw this moment being on TikTok already, <laughs> and, you know, these edits, uh, it's basically her dribbling past, like, two or three players on the right wing inside the box, 
uh, but she doesn't uh, get to do that final pass she just hits the goalkeeper from a dead angle so um pretty common from Atenea I would say plus Atenea came back from an injury so um just to add uh we I really haven't noticed Atenea in this game except for well that moment and yeah I think that would be pretty much it for this uh, like 30 minutes mark or something yeah it's nice that you mentioned uh the Atenea dribble attempt because I had it in my notes as well and you know from minute 14th where that weird effort is blocked or let's let's just start like that wasn't even a real attempt but in the 12th minute the Naomi Feller chance that you mentioned which hit the side netting from that point on till the point we scored a goal we had no shots in between that and do you want to know how many shots Madrid CFF had they had 10 shots during that period like it's not just it, obviously the shots weren't of as high quality as as uh, you would expect like they weren't very high quality shots but they were consistently managing to a get in behind and then kundananji would just create that sort of separation for herself and get that sh- shot off so they were pushing us they were trying to find that uh, equalizer b- before the half time which is understandable from their point of view and it's also uh, it's also good that you mentioned how their center backs were stepping up because that nicely leads us into what i wanted to talk about next which is the way madrid cff set up and the way they like to play this season so uh, uh, we mentioned before that madrid cff line up in a 352 sort of formation or a 3142 and Talking about back threes, it's always necessary for the center backs to be aggressive in closing down the space between between the wide uh, in the wide areas in particular because in the wide areas uh, the way Madrid CFF operate they have their wing backs pushed very high up they try to pin the opposition full back back and that leaves a lot of space to cover between that area between the fullback and the center back so that is why having aggressive wide center backs is almost like a necessity when you're trying to play with a back three so when we play with a back three for example we have Ivana as one of our wide center backs and we have we potentially have uh, Rocio or uh, we potentially have Susa on the other end right so sometimes it's Rocio also playing as the wide center back, but Rocio isn't as as good at stepping up as Ivana and Susa. So we have two center backs who are very much capable of playing in the wide areas and being aggressive in closing down. That is their game, right? So you need such center backs. And with Madrid CFF, the problem happened there. The way our first goal came about, the way our fourth goal came about when we will get to that. It was from a mistake in judgment and poor timing of stepping up from the wide centre-backs and that hurts a lot with the way Madrid CFF want our setup and want to play. So this is just the initial setup, the way they try to build from the back, they utilize a same shape uh, of a back three. Now playing with a back three, it helps them navigate almost all sorts of initial uh, uh, of the first line of pressure because we press in a 4-4-2 structure of the ball right 
so having two people pressing their defensive line of ba- of a three we are outnumbered so like even if one of the players is going at one center covering one central defender there is always a sort of free player available for them to uh, find a pass to and they can build from the back and they can beat the first line of pressure that way then in midfield they have uh, a sort of very dynamic sort of midfield where there there are a lot of interchanges there are a lot of supporting runs uh, that happen and all of these happen in in a sort of tight combination play like there are small distances between the players that they try to maintain and so they can quickly progress through the thirds once they be, they are beaten the first line of pressure they can pass the ball they can quickly play uh, a neat exchange a one two or a third uh, have a third man uh, run in behind and they can quickly find that so that is how they like to play and that is how their formation tries to facilitate it by having wing backs pushed up high form a line of 5 or a line of 4 with with another midfielder sitting deep usually ana gonzales is the one that is sitting deep and uh, helping orchestrate a lot of these uh, sequences for them and th- and that was the case here too like if you look at the way they tried to reach our final third it was largely via a pass from behind which would be directly uh, uh, in behind our back line aiming aiming that sort of area or it would be it would be spread wide and then quickly a midfielder would drop there to form a sort of uh, triangle out out wide and they would play a quick combination drag us out and then find the space in behind as well with with the forwards also consistently scanning and being aware where the spaces are opening up so if the full back is trying to push up to the to the opposition's wing back there is space in behind between the center back and the full back and, and that space was consistently being targeted by their two forwards gabi nunez and uh, rachel kundananji so so it was uh, that's the way they like to play that's the way they played the game and they managed to create a lot of threat with that none came to fruition unfortunately for them and fortunately for us but yeah that is the way they operate so it it gives us a good view about how uh, the opposition is set up and how we were getting a bit outplayed and that is why having control uh, in midfield that i've uh, mentioned twice or thrice already was important because they are a team that will look to generate turnovers and that will look to generate these transition opportunities because that is where they thrive right and generating turnovers in midfield uh, is a bit easy because they have already got the wide areas covered right with the wing back pushing up they have got a back three so even uh, if there's a tussle in midfield they would potentially be able to cause a turnover because the forwards also uh, are very hard working and consistently try to turn over possession and uh, regain regain the ball and when that happens whenever a turnover happens that gives them the perfect opportunity to hurt the opposition when they are disorganized and with the pace of Rachel Kundananji that can prove really deadly for for the opposition 
so that happened that is how they were playing and we have discussed that from the point of our goal to the point of our second goal they had like 10 shots or something so in the 38th minute let's talk about our second goal now in the in the 38th minute we get a free kick and the free kick is taken smartly i would say like it uh, i think it's maite who passes on the ball to uh, weir or it's zornosa uh, no it's maite it's maite who passes on the ball to uh, weir weir takes a long range effort it's swinging like wildly it curves wildly and it completely bamboozles uh, olova who who manages to get a hand on it but it struck really uh, really hard and it it falls in the box ester is the first to pounce on it puts it into the empty net and that's real madrid to madrid cff nil and all of their efforts of trying to equalize before half time now they have their work doubled for them again not the prettiest goal not something where we had an intricate play or where we managed to create it due to our structure due to our due to the mechanisms that we employ on the field but the game came uh, but the goal came from a free kick uh so yeah i mean not much to add i i i feel about the about the goal but yeah what did you think about uh the second goal any thoughts about madrid cff's uh, style of play and anything else in general up to that point so about the goal uh yeah it was um it was pretty neat free kick uh because i think that uh, maite and sonosa were on the ball there and since you said maite passed it then um one of them definitely just walked over it so it, it was definitely sonosa then <laughs> uh and like there was a walk over the ball then pass to weir and weir just gets the ball in and yeah um but it was like another kind of rebound thing uh from the goalkeeper this time um i don't think she could have done more because it was a really uh powerful shot and she handled it pretty uh, well I uh, just that Esther was right there positioned in front so uh, she could push it in and no one uh really came to mark Esther I think they forgot about her which was um good for us <laughs> yay <laughs> so yeah I mean as you said uh we got a goal the first minute and then they were like trying and trying and then uh we score like seven what seven minutes before the end of the uh first half so that that had to be very frustrating for them um now i'm grateful that i'm not on that side because yeah i i i know how frustrating that would be i mean about madrid cff's um approach to everything i think um I think you said it all uh but I also want to add that I kind of expected it um I mentioned it in the start that uh, we all expected it to be a very physical game and we all could probably expected that Kondanji would be the one who would penetrate easily and with some some great passes from her teammates um like I remember one uh modric like pass 
but I think it was later on even, but like uh it was like straight to Kundananji in the box and something like they they did those um passes uh, like very easily and it was always very um, interesting to see how our defense would handle it. And to be honest, I think that um, Kathleen uh, had a had a good time handling it. Um, Rocio, uh, Rocio had a pretty decent one, but not not really. I mean, Kundananji versus Kathleen. Uh, I just have to add this: Kundananji versus Kathleen <laughs> was pretty interesting uh, to see, like the whole game. Uh, but it's also one of the main topics we got from this game, and it's like, um, I think they got hit in the head, I think, at least two times, maybe three times. The first time was, um, towards the end of the first half, in 44th minute, and, uh, it was, like, from the corner, uh, Misa saved it there but like in the meantime Kathleen and Kondanaji collided and there was like this injury break where they were taken care of um later on uh, we would see in the second half that Kathleen had has the uh, has her uh, head bandaged so yeah but that's dual well like was really interesting Rocio on the other hand well she didn't really well well, she, well uh, she got uh, against Kondanaji um, it was like 50-50, honestly. Um, I will talk about uh, like this thing of how we handled Kundanaji in the back line a bit more in the second half because of who played in the second half. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, so from the point of our second goal till the end of the first half, I think the only quote-unquote interesting thing, thing that happened was the head clash between uh, Souza and uh, Kundananji and you are right they uh, that wasn't the only occasion that that happened it uh, happened again in the second half and it did look painful for both I don't know like it did seem nasty for both the players uh, and I hope they are okay I hope the concussion protoc protocols are followed but yeah in, in the 44th minute, uh, it comes from a corner. The corner is almost like traveling directly in. But Misa manages to get a punch on it and it loops over and then in a bit to clear the ball, Susa jumps and manages to reach reach the ball before, uh, before Kundananji there and they have a nasty clash of heads. And that was it for the first half, I think. So, we scored in the first minute of the game. We scored in the 38th minute of the game. Between that, we weren't as threatening. Between that, we didn't manage to create much. But half-time, it's Real Madrid leading by two goals to nil. And that was a good way to end the half because we have managed to essentially cut some of the momentum that uh, Madrid CFF were gaining uh, through the half. And we have managed to double our lead that would provide us with a good two goal cushion going into the second half to uh, in order to defend that. So that was nice. Let's get into the second half now. So the second half begins with Madrid CFF once again having the same momentum that they did in the first half in that period be between our first and second goal. 
as soon as the half begins in the 48 minute uh, kundananji once again twisting and turning this time on our right hand side she is cooking kenti she manages to uh, just get past her using her skills and her pace and manages to put a ball across but nobody is there to meet it so right off the bat in the second half we see that madrid cff are still going to continue to do this they are going to continue to find kundananji in behind they are going to continue to find kundananji to create something out of nothing for them basically and she will continue to deliver like she i think throughout the game she cooked each one of our defenders at least one time like it was kente this time she beat uh, rocio for pace she had an interesting duel with susa she managed to cook uh, savava as well so she literally left a stamp on our defense with her performance and i know i've been speaking about kundananji a lot but it was a really impressive performance if if you would like to go back and watch it she was really really good but once again despite the bright sort of 5 minute period in the second half in the 53rd minute where is carrying the ball the defense of madrid cff is retreating giving her the space and where takes a shot from a good 30 35 yards i think and it's such a great shot and it's real madrid 3 madrid cff nil for all the positive work they have done in this game so far the scoreline reads madrid cff nil and real madrid 3 and i mean that must be a bit demoralizing for them i can understand but it's not none of our problems honestly with where you get that wizardry with where you get those wonder goals with where you get those sort of wonder moments throughout the game and this was just one of them we have started the year with a weir golazo and hopefully it continues throughout the year throughout our season it was some strike wasn't it like it was it came from a turnover i think on the right hand side where feller won the ball she played it on to zornosa and then zornosa quickly found where in between the lines and then she is carrying the ball and uh, once this sort of turnover has happened with with their midfield pushed up to try to squeeze us in behind there's a there's space on offer in uh, in between the lines and we're receiving then turning and with the defense not even trying to step up uh, step up to her instead giving her the space to run and take the shot i think that was a suicidal move by them you give wear the invitation to shoot she will shoot and you give wear the invitation to shoot on her left she'll rip the net and that is what happened we have seen this golazos when she played for city when she played for scotland when she plays for scotland and we have seen this uh, at madrid now so like her long range shooting ability is really good especially on her left foot uh, since she is left footed so yeah uh, i'll hand it over to you and i'll take your thoughts on that wear wonder goal Oh yeah. <laughs> uh it was a wonder goal uh definitely. Uh but uh I was I was also quite intrigued uh, to see in the replay um how the ball came to her. Uh like um Misa got the ball. She was like in like she was like on the quarter of the field almost. 
and the ball uh, got to her so she was thinking where to go and she was she shot it out but it was deflected by a, a madrid cff player i i don't remember who and then it got to weir and then weir did her thing until she shot um so i mean that was pretty fast you know from our half to um the net pretty cool and uh, i've commented on it before uh, that uh, moving fast like moving the ball fast um despite you know not having really physically fast players in the squad is very important for this team because they they score majority of the goals this way just uh getting it near the box immediately and finding that space to shoot so <laughs> uh, i really loved that it turned out that way uh, and so far we had three goals and no assists <laughs> uh, due to these rebound things so yeah pretty cool but about the strike itself uh, i mean i don't i don't think i have to add uh, more because i mean um we are pretty famous for those <laughs> Um, I mean, you said that uh, she was famous in um, City in the, uh, for those strikes and especially in the uh, derbies. Uh, back then it was Manchester Derby uh, and that Ma Manchester United fans were crying all the time because she would score against them uh, very often. Uh, so, you know, this is another derby she scored in. Um, so, you know, we're scoring a golasso uh in the beginning of 2023 in a derby great just adding on to great things <laughs> yeah it's nice that you point out that this was a derby situation as well so yeah we're definitely loves derbies and she knows that she has to at least score one golazo in in them uh but yeah we are not complaining where you can score as many golazos you want throughout the seasons in derbies out of derbies uh, we we love it all the same. So a wonder strike. Real Madrid three 0 up. And following this, in the fifty in the fifty fifth minute, it's Savava now trying a luck from range from the edge of the box. She takes a she shoots a thunderbolt herself from a left foot, and it's again parried out. Uh, just parried by Ulova. And. This has been a consistent theme, like the shots she manages to save, uh, ha has good reflex save when the shot is coming in, in 1v1 situation from very close range. But these long range efforts, I think she struggled a bit to deal with them. She, The way she handled them, the way she parried them right into uh, a danger area again, it was a bit concerning and it caused Madrid CFF... Uh, a lot of problems to deal with uh, after the initial shot so uh, yeah that is something that I don't know that's something that goes into player uh, analysis and, and stuff that maybe we had probably noticed that maybe that is why we were taking some long-range efforts because we knew she would parry it into a dangerous area and then we will have somebody pounce on the second ball I don't know but that was definitely uh, a situation uh, that was happening then in the 58th minute 
Ivana comes on for uh, Rocio and Tere comes on for Atenea. So now, after being 3-0 up, we are trying to kill the game, I would say, because Rocio was getting cooked uh, for pace by Kundananji. Like, it wasn't just once or twice. It was happening multiple times. Every time she was trying to attack that channel between uh, Rocio and Savava, she was successful. And Rocio isn't a quick defender of her feet. Like, she isn't good at covering space if, if there's a lot of space to cover. So, Kundananji was exploiting that and... That is why I think we brought on Ivana to help compensate for that because Ivana is a sort of aggressive defender. She will step up and she will block the move from manifesting in the first place. And she is good at it. That is something uh, that is part of her skill set and she does well with it. Then Athenea, sub Athenea, as you mentioned, just returning from injury. So her minutes are being managed and... Tere coming on was also a natural move because we needed a bit of control. We did not have any sort of control in, in the midfield. We were unable to deal with their turnovers and transition situation uh, effectively. So Tere coming on made a lot of sense, I feel. That meant Maite had now moved on to the left flank. Uh, Feller moved on to the right side. Uh, so that was that Maite on the, on the flank again no real complaints i would say because she she can make the most of that situation where she's uh, if she's offered the freedom to come inside and operate a, from the half spaces and in between the lines and that is how she uh, she did it madrid cff continued to push forward though like from this point on it wasn't that they were deflated or anything i mean they were a bit but their main source of threat, Kundananji, wasn't. Like, let's be real, she relentlessly came at us throughout the 90 minutes. Subs, no subs. Possession, no possession. She was always providing that sort of threat for Madrid CFF. In the 67th minute, something interesting happens. Esther uh, receives the ball and she... She, she receives the ball and she is trying to find a teammate. She plays a ball across in the midfield and it results in a turnover. Now that proves to be a very dangerous turnover because uh, Madrid CFF's second half substitute Chanda I think picks up the ball. It's a misplaced pass. She thinks she'll be able to find a teammate. Doesn't. Results in a turnover. Chanda plays a ball to Kundananji. Kundananji twists and turns and takes a shot that hits the inside of the post this time. So, like I mentioned, Kundananji continued to create that threat. That turnover situation was unfortunate. We did not need to like push forwards or anything. We were already 3-0 up, but a goal in the 67th minute with 20-25 odd minutes still to go in the game would have resulted in a sort of momentum shift and then we would be on the back foot completely dealing with waves and waves of attack when we should technically be just trying to kill the game i understand what esther was trying to do if you look at the uh, if you look at the video uh, you can understand why she's like going back there's no need to go up front and cause a turnover she's trying to play it safe but ends up misplacing a pass that could have proved fatal i think 
बट या इट वॉज एंड इन दी एंड सो इट्स नॉट समथिंग दैट अफेक्टेड अस डिरेक्टली इन दिस गेम बट इट्स समथिंग दैट वी हैव ऑन दिस स्पॉट वी हैव डिस्कस दिस बिफोर एज वेल एस्टेर एज अ टेंडेंसी टू होल्ड ऑन टू द बॉल फॉर a little bit longer than she should the release time needs a bit of work we have always mentioned that and that is fine like that is something that is a part of her package what she adds apart from that is uh, valuable to the team and that is why she keeps on starting that is fine she scored a brace uh, had a sort of hiccup where she misplaced the pass all part of the game that's uh, brushed aside but her release timing on the ball and her nature to consistently get the ball and use it as much as possible uh, is is a bit of something that needs to be worked on to improve the efficiency i feel but yeah and that was her final action of the of the game as well because she was subbed off for naikari immediately following that so naikari comes on we'll discuss how that changed the dyna- uh, the dynamics of the team and uh, what not but between now between the second half starting and uh, to the point of the our our second substitution second round of substitutions kundananji just continues to do her thing like in the 71st minutes again in my notes i have she is uh, this time she has managed to even like leave ivana in the dust like she she is quick of the feet her pace is incredibly difficult to deal with and the way she has this start and stop moment that initial burst of acceleration that she has it makes it just impossible to deal with and ivana struggled with that as well she manages to get a shot in the 71st minute and she was consistently trying to do bits uh, from from her side as much as it was possible so i'll hand it over to you now to take your thoughts on second half in general uh, up to this point about what did you think about the subs with ivana and tere uh, coming on what did you think about ulova's performance uh, and do, do you think like this this problem with her not being able to deal with long range shots or was it just that the shots were too powerful this time or uh, was it something that was deliberate from us uh, so yeah you can take it on from here Yeah so first about the sub the first sub uh Vanatere okay uh I I I got it you know I I I know why uh but why why would like Atenea go out for Tere I didn't initially get it I know Atenea is back from injury that makes sense but like Tere Atenea didn't make sense uh, at the moment later on I saw that when uh, you know Uh, you mentioned the switch um Pella moving on to the right side and my ten to the left flank so yeah made sense later <laughs> uh but i also want to add that kind of having rosio out yes she was getting unhiliated but we also had a concussion prone center back uh on the pitch uh, and when i saw ivana would get on i thought uh, okay um probably kathleen would be getting off because you know she had her head wrapped up but no um 
So I was kind of pissed at that moment. Uh, well, for a few minutes actually, um, even especially after the second hit Kathleen suffered. Uh, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> Kathleen, Kathleen was handling it while Rocio was getting annihilated. And then you mentioned later, uh, uh, later on that um, Kunanangi annihilates Ivana as well. I mean, yeah, she literally leaves her on the ground. Uh, uh, yeah, not not a pretty sight. Not a pretty sight. I want to uh, add on the thing that happened in the 67th minute. Um, I mean, yeah, it's some typical Esther stuff, honestly. Um, kind of annoying at, at the moment, uh, but also when you realize that she does it a lot of times. It wasn't really... I don't know, to me, if it ended in a goal, yeah, I mean, we would be struggling at waves of attacks and nah, nah, nah. But, I mean, free, free one, I, I don't think that would impact us a lot like i don't know maybe it would be just frustrating uh it was just i, I don't know i saw like it was she she was looking to the front where to pass so, like she had like two paths to pass no not really not really obvious passes maybe in the very moment so i do get her why she turned around uh it's something she does when she doesn't see a clear pass she would just turn around and hope for the best uh, but uh, i think the main the main mistake she did is that she passed to the side without even looking so she just turned around and passed before she even looked uh as you said she just hoped uh there would be a teammate there uh but no uh, actually the <laughs> the madrid cff player who was there didn't even really have to run to the ball she was right there catch it so um yeah i mean luckily for us energy uh missed it uh but but just a little so in other games we might not be that lucky but still but yeah as you said it was free now up and can't really complain about it anyway yeah so up to we are up to the 70th minute mark i think where naikari has come on for Esther now and like we mentioned in the first half as well, the head clash between Kundananji and Susa wasn't the only one. In the second half, in the 74th minute, that again happens and it looks nasty. I hope, I really hope that the concussion protocols are followed with both the players moving forwards as well because sometimes the effects can be delayed and we have seen such such cases and whatnot. So, like you mentioned uh, about we are we having a concussion prone player on the pitch yes that makes sense ivana could have come on for uh susa but i think the thinking again in that situation was that uh, rocio is getting cooked for pace let's bring on somebody who has a bit of pace and is aggressive in closing down so i think that was the reasoning behind the sub but yes it absolutely makes sense to replace uh a concussion prone player but yeah, uh, beyond that point, I think one big moment comes in the 82nd minute where a simple wide combination with Naikari drifting the, on, on that side and then uh, quickly combining, uh, playing some nice little exchanges and Savava is in behind following that. She plays a brilliant ball uh, across the goal 
and feller is on the uh, and feller is at the far post she manages to get to it her shot is saved off the line like that's a big save because uh, ulova has moved to the other side as well to manage to like sort of close down the angle on the far post and the shot is coming across uh, she manages to uh, get down quickly and make a very big save i think that that again shows something about the way she she likes to operate i think she is very good in this close range 1v1 situations but uh, something about her from from range and with her parries is is a bit concerning but that was a really really uh, great save like the commentators went wild as well ke paradon ke paradon if you go back and listen to it in the uh, 82nd minute it's 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 quite hilarious and it's quite uh, it, it's a great save so i i totally understand the reaction there but despite her efforts to keep this at 3 nil in the 84th minute weir manages to find uh, weir receives the ball again in midfield right and cometi decides to somehow like half heartedly step up to try i don't know i think she's trying to close down weir but she does it so half heartedly she leaves the space behind open maite makes a run into it receives the ball takes a shot from edge of the box targets the near post the shot is struck really well and it's real madrid 4 and madrid cff nil so like i mentioned on the first goal as well that the first and the fourth goal are directly result of of a cometi mistake it continues here as well like this is what i was talking about if you go back and look at the footage cometi doesn't fully commit to stepping up so she tries to close down weir by stepping up but shin, since the timing is off and she hasn't fully made up her mind she is in two minds there she is caught in no man's land and leaves her center back partner with a lot of space to cover and maite with a lot of space to exploit so that completely plays against them and ulova who has been having a sort of mixed night i don't know like she had a bad night i would say like she she had a bad night she had some good moments from 1v1 close range situations but apart from that it was a bad night for her she concedes the fourth and mudded cff now have an, have no way back into the game it's pretty late uh 82nd minute real madrid 4 and mudded cff nil so before i hand it over to you let's me just quickly go through uh, what happened in the closing minutes as well because there wasn't much so in the 85th minute we make another double sub we brought we bring in olga and freya to replace feller and zornosa so now it's completely uh, about protecting the lead and just seeing the game out with freya and tere in in the midfield now it's all about providing that sort of defensive solidity uh, against their transition and having a physically dominant player in midfield and olga has come on which a lot of people would argue could have started as well and yeah it probably would have been the case but she manages to have an impact in the closing parts where uh, from the flank and yeah that was about it nothing much i think happens uh, from that point on till the closing minutes uh madrid cff get a couple of shots of theirs not many like really high quality chances but yeah and we see out the game 4-0 win 
again the score line flatters the actual performance on the pitch but it is what it is we will take the three points to start the year obviously there are issues and there have been issues in our performances for a long time and but we'll take the three points to start the year that's all i'll i'll have i have to say at this point of time we'll see how things develop and things progress but yeah i'll i'll hand it over to you now to take your thoughts on those closing 15 minute period and the fourth goal and anything else that you have to add when you mentioned the committee in like the last two goals basically i just noticed that um you know she she's good in those like quick uh, quick runners uh but she might not be at you know covering i will i will mention one example um i mean not long after Naikari came on, um, Weir made a pass uh, through the middle, like um, pretty typical pass uh, to make to Naikari if you want her to uh, go for it, uh, go for the goal. So yeah, Weir manages to pass as Naikari gets it, like in the exact moment Komati tackles it and it ends up in a corner. Uh, so they both fall, obviously. Uh, it was a clean tackle in just right in time like i was pretty impressed because i don't know i think she did it like a couple more times in the game but then make errors like that to um you know to cover to feel to cover the space and also Kometi was um in that duo versus Svava in the first half and the first goal so yeah basically <laughs> three errors from Kometi as well Kind of not expected, you know, to see this um, kind of contrast from her, but it is what it is, I guess, maybe not her day. And Ua really, really had a rough night. I mean, when Maita scored, uh, you can you can see her just face planting, just giving up. Uh, and then moments later, they show her just, you know, completely fed up with it, you know, ugh. You know, four goals. Uh, I, don't, I don't think she deserved it. But, you know, it is what it is. And you can't really be bothered by it, you know. I think that uh, this team has some sort of a theme going on. Because in the first half, we had, like, two rebound goals, you know. In the second half, we had these two uh, rockets uh, resulted from, you know... Um, Madrid CFF not covering that space and giving uh, Weir and Maite just uh, just enough space to just shoot, you know. And interesting thing about Maite's goal is because Maite got when Maite got the ball, uh, Maite and Naikari were like in the same line, and Maite made like two free steps and uh, just. Just before she would enter, uh, Naikari stops. She sees Maite is open. She sees she will shoot. She, uh, Maite makes like uh, a couple more steps as well. Just enters the box and shoots there. Uh, gets the ball in and, you know, yeah, celebration. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that was interesting to see, you know, two goals in the first half being similar to goals in the second half being similar just wild you know wild derby uh, i don't know how to call it <laughs> uh from the concussions to the uh 
to Lisa Saves, to these patterns and goals. By the way, I mentioned Lisa Saves, she had six of them. And yeah, I also, you also mentioned kind of that we'll get into the change of dynamic later. It kind of didn't mention it. When Nekari came on, she uh, connected with Weir and Mighty instantly, which wasn't really uh, unexpected. Um, because especially between Mighty and her, both of them love to uh, move the game qu uh, quick, you know, to get the uh, get the ball out of there quick and just to move the action. And Weir is also kind of like it because Nekari came to help her with the uh immediate pass uh to move the ball forwards when like um they were in the middle together for a couple of times the the one time i remember that i noted down was like in the very last chance of the game went 94th minute uh she gets the ball and just shoves it to the uh to the side to wear then wear passes it to Olga on the wing. And that's basically what happened twice, once before. I didn't really note it down, down the minute. But we are wanted it, obviously, to just move the um, ball both times. And I think she's more comfortable like that in that sort of situation, uh, like uh, Naikari does. And uh, Maite and her also connected a few times. There was a Takonaso. Also, because, you know, we love mentioning the Takonasos. So, like, not long after Naikari came on, she she got the ball from Aite to the front, then didn't have a way out, so she just did the Takonaso back to Maite. And also had another kind of kind of chance, not really. She didn't manage to get the ball, but, like, situation where you could see their understanding. Uh, Maite, Maite and we are pretty much no... Uh, that they can't really be, that the team really can't be doing these crosses inside to her, but rather through the middle, you know, try to penetrate it with a pass through the middle to Naikari if you want her to um, be dangerous to the goal. Uh, so basically, might try to do it, but she kind of uh, twisted it too much uh, and the goalkeeper caught it. Like it was a kind of a, aerial shot as like an aerial pass as well but i know i saw the understanding i saw the idea i saw that naikari understood her as well so i mean aside from that not many i, I don't think we had really chances there was also one one interesting thing because we didn't really see a lot of kenty's um you know mistakes in 91st minute this is the first time i noticed kenty even in the first watch like before i rewatched that that kenty made a mistake is that she literally tripped against i don't know who but she goes into that duel on the, her you know the right back and uh, she trips loses the ball loses the grip and their number 11 manages to take a shot and which which is uh which is weird that the shot the shot was you know long range and didn't really look that weak but Misa, Misa just you know kind of touched it with her hands and the ball fell right in front of her so she kind of played with it there 
almost at the goal line and then that was like oh wow kathleen would be really pissed <laughs> if you know that would go in because of the way misa handled it uh but misa does that all the time um she had it in control i know uh it's just that she w loves to do these things in the last minute for some reason uh so yeah that's uh the last fun thing i have to say about the game all right can always rely on kanita to uh bring out the details and uh highlight how naikari performed so yeah i think uh that sums up the game we have discussed about kundananji uloa throughout the game so i think it sums up the top performers or the standard performers from the opposition uh, as well i feel so yeah, nothing more to add. I think that concludes our podcast for the Derby uh, against Madrid CFF. We will be back again to discuss Real Madrid's game against uh, Fundacion Albacete in the Copa de la Reina on Jan 12th. Now the games are coming a bit thick and fast. We have uh, Albacete on Jan 12th. Then we have uh, Real Betis as well. Uh, on Jan 15th and then we have Barcelona in Supercopa de España on Jan 19th so a lot of games coming on and as always we will be there to break down the games and we will be there to provide you any tactical insights and how the game panned out and what it means in the grander scheme of things so yeah until then Ala Madrid Ala Madrid <laughs>